Welcome to Food Safety University episode number five. Today we are talking about food defense, biosecurity, and a little bit more on food fraud vulnerability assessments. So, uh, if you run a facility, you kind of really need to be doing this. So again, get your pen and paper. Time to listen up, friends. Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn food safety in plain English. We will break down the ins and outs of the food code, HACCP plans, you name it. We make food safety simple, easy, and even fun. Now here is your host, Dr. P. Friends, and welcome to another awesome episode of the podcast. The sun is shining, it is beautiful outside, and I am so desperately glad to see you. <laughs> it feels so good. Oh my goodness. It's been a little cold, damp, and rainy. But what is up with you all? I am so happy to be here. It is another great day. We're doing lots of great planning. I was on a, let's see here, what's going on over here? I was on a, um, a panel discussion with some amazing people at the, young, um, at the Stone Barn Center Young Farmers Conference. Uh, and we talked about parity and butchery and how um, like what what's going on and how can we create more access for people in what they are uh, in what they're doing uh, when it comes to butchery so that was super fun that's gone on this week um, we are making plans and preparations to go to uh, the Pied du Mont Boucherie in Milledgeville Georgia down at, uh, at Comfort Farms and uh, we are going to be bringing our um, our, the plan is to bring the um, uh, one of our floor models uh, for our facility, and uh, I am really looking forward uh, to showing that to everybody because that thing's so beautiful. I just want to hug it. <laughs> so we're making plans. Uh, we're making plans for that. And then uh, the other thing that we're doing is is we've got lots of people coming into Food Safety University. Um, so much fun. I have started uh, doing uh, coaching on the Wednesday. So when you enroll in Food Safety University, we have two live calls a month on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. And yesterday we talked about accountability. I have a ton of people coming to me with problems about accountability, and these are solvable problems. And I want you guys to go out and solve them. And this is, you know, people are like, why do you do coaching and consulting? And the answer is, is because just the consulting isn't enough, right? Because when people don't show up to their calendar, that's a coaching problem. I can tell you what to do all the live long day. You know, you come in and you work one-on-one -on -one with us and we give you Monday boards and I tell you to, you know, make maps and go clean and call people and all that sort of stuff, but you got to decide you're going to do it, right? And, and, and like, doing that work and deciding you're going to, as my father used to say, apply glue to butt and butt to chair to sit down and do the work uh, is, like, if you do or don't do that, that's, that's like, a, that's a mindset issue, right? And so over at Food Safety University, we work on both because if it was a matter of just having the documentation, I would give you all all the documentation. I could probably give away all of my documentation and I have given away lots and lots and lots and lots of it and it makes not a hill of beans worth a difference because guys, it's never the documentation. Do I have amazing documentation? Hell yes, I'm gonna be teaching you some documentation today. Right, but the, the, the problems come up with um, how you're approaching it and whether or not you are 
using the documentation as a means to an end or you're hiding behind the documentation. I certainly see that a lot. I've had multiple conversations this week about people who hide behind the need to get an SQF audit, uh, which is, I mean, nobody needs an SQF audit, guys. Um, you decide that you need them and then you freak out because of all the different things that you have to do. And actually, one of what we're talking about today on the podcast, um, food, food defense, food fraud, and, and, and um, vulnerability assessments and things like that, those are all, you know, we, you've, got to, you've got to do those if you're going to go get an SQF or a BRC audit. But we do them because they're a damn good idea, um, and they make your facility and your people safer. But when you come to it from, oh my God, I have to do this, this is such a burden, I have no choice, um, that sucks and feels terrible, and I'm giving you the opportunity to not do it that way, uh, right? And, and so I want to start talking. I want to start talking today about what that process, you know, like having this not suck when it comes to food fraud and food and vulnerability assessments and the visitor plan, biosecurity, and they're all kind of like wrapped up together, right? And this practice that I do, like I do with all of my programs-based food safety, is we use the HACCP planning process. And if you don't know what the HACCP planning process is, I want you to go to foodsafetyuniversity.com and I want you to download the 12 steps of HACCP, look at them, and then I want you to sign up for Food Safety University. Go get yourself some training so that you can fundamentally change your business and allow the documentation process to change you, right? It's not just the pieces of paper, it's the actions that you take to get the pieces of paper done, okay? And so when we look today, when we're looking at biosecurity and food defense and your visitor plan, I want you to think we're gonna we're gonna think about this the same way we think about everything. We have our six steps of how we approach any standard operating procedure or any program. And step one is always form a team. Okay. And when you're looking at who's gotta be on the team around biosecurity and food defense and and, and food fraud. I want you guys to think fairly broadly, okay? Because the, you're gonna have a couple of SOPs that come out of this protecting ourselves. I, I kind of think of this as the like protection program, okay? Because biosecurity and your visitor access program is protecting your facility. It's like, it's, you know, maintaining your perimeter. It's, 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 it's protecting your people um, and understanding who's coming and going. And then your um, food fraud plan is all about what, what raw materials are coming in, what happens upstream from you that might create a risk with your own food. Now, if you are in the middle of doing a vulnerability assessment, um, I covered that in the podcast a couple of podcasts ago. It was like right before we transitioned and did the rebrand. Um, so that's under the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute, but it's, it's it's a VASIP, it's a vulnerability assessment for critical control points, right? Um, and so we've got, when we're talking about protection, we got to protect the food and we got to protect the facility. And so product, facility, and process, and we got to, and, and we use people for all of that. And so who are the people that need to be on this protection team? Okay, so my first recommendation is hire a veteran. 
<laughs> we all learned how to do this, right? And we all learned, it's not that they'll directly know how to do a food fraud vulnerability assessment. They won't, but they'll have the right mindset of protection, right? When they teach you how to carry an M4, it's because we protect. We attack and we protect. Right now, we're, we're, we're protecting, right? Uh, so if you don't have veterans on your team, definitely hire veterans. So, uh, next, um, when, you're, when, you're, when you're looking at this, You've got to have whoever wears the HR hat, okay, because there are things that you, that, that affect the people from an HR perspective, so we need to have HR on there. Okay, um, if you have people who do, um, who are at the gate, receptionists, that sort of thing, we don't normally think of putting them on a, t like the receptionist, we don't normally think of putting the receptionist on a team, but your receptionist, your security guard needs to be on your protection team. Uh, Right, because they're the first line of defense, if you are, if you will, right? And so put them on the team because they're smart people, right? We don't hire idiots. And they know things. And more to the point, we can train them to see things because if we learned anything after 9-11, it was if you see something, say something, um, right? And that has been inculcated into our, into our culture. So think about who you want to have your team on your team and you got to have your first line of defense people on your protection team. So then what you're going to do is you're going to decide what problem you're solving and what problem you're solving when it comes to protection is protecting like protecting your facility from things that can go very very wrong. You know I am a child of the 80s. The, the Tylenol killer was real <laughs> okay and I really kind of think you know I, I mean I was a kid then but I really think a lot of this this fraud and vulnerability stuff sort of started sort of started with that right and so you you need to think about protecting the people protecting the facility protecting the integrity of your packaging and your food as well as what happens to the raw materials upstream from from where you are and so what problem are you solving? You're solving the problem of healthy and safe people coming into your facility, healthy and safe cars and trucks. In the veterinary world, we call these fomites. Uh, so cars and trucks, you know, like say you go to the sale barn and then you, you, you drive off to the sale barn and with your truck and trailer and you drive back, you can actually, and we have lots and lots of good evidence, um, that you can drive pathogens back from the sale barn. And this happens, this is, this happens like kind of all the time. This is one of the ways that um, um, F uh, the, the PEDV, course on epidemic uh, diarrhea, diarrhea virus got spread. Um, so protecting your facility um, from the people that are coming in, protecting your facility from the fomites, the, the cars, the trucks, the, the, the things that would breach the perimeter, um, that we don't normally that we don't normally think about and then we got to think about protecting the raw materials So that's the stuff that you make your food from as well as the packaging and the labels um, Yeah, a little less so like the cartons and the pallets, but still um, Those are those are important. Those are also important to think about So how do we so so we're we're solving we're solving problems of under of understanding where we're vulnerable in the people in the fomites in the raw materials coming on to our facility or into our farm. And then for whom are we solving this problem? Okay, well, you're solving first and foremost this problem 
for your customers because you need to make sure that your customers are not getting harmed by something that happened upstream from you or having a protection problem, right? You're solving in the time of coronavirus, you're solving this problem for your employees, um, right? Making sure that people are making sure that people are um, uh, healthy, you know, when they come to work, um, that's part of your employee program, but make sure visitors are come to healthy, are, are, are healthy when they come to work. You know, you have a plumber coming into the building to fix one thing or another, and he's an asymptomatic carrier, she's an asymptomatic carrier. Um, that's a pretty big deal, and so I need you guys to be thinking about that because you can potentially expose a whole lot of people. So what are you doing about that, right? So we are, we solve this problem of food fraud, food defense for our customers, uh, okay? We sell them for our own people. Uh, and then we, the third, we solve them for passing the audit. So we just gotta have conforming documentation, right? So then the next question is, is how are we gonna go about doing this? Because we always, uh, we always think about for whom are we solving the problems? Because when we're in the space of solving problems for other people, it's always better, right? We will come up with better solutions when we're solving problems for other people, this is well, this is also well documented, okay? And so then the question is, is how do you go about doing it? Well, uh, let's just think about it. I mean, like half of this you could probably learn from movies, but you've got to establish perimeter control. Who's coming on and off of your property, and how do you know who is coming on and off of your property? Huh? Okay, do you have cameras? <laughs> are you looking? Are you looking around in in more or less um, complicated ways? Hmm. All right, so we've got people coming onto your property, and they come onto your property in vehicles. Are you looking at the vehicles? I mean, I trained soldiers to take big old mirrors and look underneath. I mean, we were looking for bombs because I had to train them to detect IEDs, but. Um, are you looking underneath vehicles? Do you need to look underneath vehicles? Do you get a history of where that truck has been? You know, are you talking to the trucker and looking at the trucker logs about where that where that trucker's that that trucker's truck has been? Because not all not all transport is created equal. The FedEx truck has a much different risk profile than the truck that goes back and forth from the sale barn. Um, right. So you got to look at the and then you got to look at the people and. It's this, and this part gets a little hard. But you know, if you have somebody who you don't know what their what their coronavirus status is, uh, we wear masks, we stay six feet away, we try and do everything we can outside. Um, right? So that's the people and the and the the trucks and things coming onto the the farm or the facility or, or wherever it is that you're making your food. And then we got to think about raw materials. And this is where the food fraud vulnerability assessment comes in. And so on Food Safety University, we are rolling out this week a new, um, a, a VASIP template. This is what I talked about. Uh, um, we've used it with clients and now we're, now we're really rolling it out on Food Safety University, um, where I take you through a, um, a, a, the vulnerability assessment. Like what are the things that can go wrong with our with our raw materials upstream from us and how at risk are we once they get to us and then how at risk are our customers. So that's what we do about raw materials. And then you've got to think about, okay, if somebody truly is supposed to be there, then this is where your visitor access policy comes in, okay? They've got to park where they're supposed to park. And then you've got to track how, how visitors go through your facility um, and 
make sure your employees remember see something say something make sure your employees understand who a workplace visitor is uh, and why we need to keep track of them uh, okay this is industry standard like you cannot walk into most places without without signing in there's there are no manufacturing facilities that get audited that you can't sign in at right um, and it's really important that you understand that because when you have you know when you have visitors coming to visit they have to adhere to GMPs right I mean they can't be you know spitting on the factory floor right that's not that's not okay um, and so you've got to train them some in GMPs or whatever it is that that keeps them safe from from the food and um, if you've got lots of raw food around and the food safe from them same goes for equipment. You've got to keep them safe from the equipment. And and all of that happens when they, you know, read something when they sign in or something like that, right? And so you need to have a procedure about how all of that is going to happen and how you're going to receive visitors at the at your facility so that they don't pose threats to the premise and the property distract employees from the work that's a really kind of big one right because a lot of employees get really distracted by an auditor and the auditor I mean most auditors are cognizant of that right um, but then they've got to still be safe at work um, and then we can't have our visitors be exposed to danger and we can't expose our food to any potential dangers that the visitors may be um, that the visitors may be uh, bringing in okay and so you got to have a procedure about how they come in. Do they get badges? If they do have badges, what does that mean? If you're going out on the floor and have dangly bits, you know, like, because that can present a physical hazard, right? You've got to make all of those decisions. These visitors, um, are, we divide them into groups. They're contractors and service vendors. Like when my company goes to your facility, we're a visitor, right? And you have to like, I, and I will audit, I definitely audit people on this, uh, and I will tell you if your perimeter plan sucks. Um, it's often one of the first things out of my mouth. Um, right, but then you have other kinds of visitors. You're going to have interns, you're going to have students, job candidates, maybe you're going to be hiring, investors, all that sort of stuff, right? you got to have all of those things. You're going to have delivery people. What do you do with the FedEx guy? Uh, how, how are you going to manage that, especially if you have a gate? So what does that look like? Um, do you have dangerous or restricted areas? Visitors, unless a really, unless with a wicked compelling reason, your visitors should not be going into dangerous or um, uh, restricted areas um, unless you know that they are, they are there, they have signed confidentiality agreements in places where there are confidential re records and things like that, okay? You've got to have a plan to what to do with unauthorized visitors and what the employees are supposed to do. Every employee should be free to say, hey, who are you here with if a visit if they don't recognize somebody? Because, of course, visitors also have to be, like, escorted. We don't just let, with very few exceptions, we don't let people, like, um, run around without, without knowing what's going on, okay? Um, and so part of this is an opportunity to create the culture where people can see something and say something. And if they can't do it with random people walking around your factory floor, I guarantee you they are not doing, they're not seeing something and saying something when you're missing a critical limit. 
Okay, this is truly a culture thing. Um, okay, yes, there is documentation. You got to do your vulnerability assessment and go, you know, like go through and find out all that sort of stuff. But you got to be present enough, and you got to train your employees to, to be present enough to see something and say something. Ugh. And that's where the rubber hits the road, right? We don't want to have uncomfortable conversations. They feel icky. Ugh. People might not feel empowered at work to be able to go and do this. That's a problem, and you got to fix that. Ugh. People are worried that they're going to get in trouble if they see something and say something. And if that's your company culture, you got to fix that. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's the, I mean, and that goes, you can start with visitors, and boy, that stuff really accretes and accumulates because when they see something, they'll say something. They'll look at a monitoring piece of paper, right, and say, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Let me escalate this up so that we can figure out what's going on without fear of retribution. Okay? That's what we got for the podcast today. You are all completely amazing, delightful people. I hope you have a week full of awesome. Let's get those cultures squared away. And all of this, if you couldn't tell, was based on the 12 Steps of HACCP. So go download your 12 Steps of HACCP. Get the freebie from us, okay, and join us over at Food Safety University. Check out foodsafetyuniversity.com. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com. We have free food safety guides waiting for you. See you next time.